many people, retirement doesn't mark the end. It marks the beginning. Turning the page, starting new pursuits, going out and seeking adventures you may not have been able to because of your job. Our guest tonight is going to share some of those experiences. After 35 years as an employee of the Sydney Central School District, she retired and decided to go work for in two of our national parks. She spent, a, I believe, a year in Yellowstone and a year at Mount Rushmore. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Start by telling us, when did this become an interest to you? I mean, did you retire and just kind of sit around and say, you know what, I want to find something interesting to do? Or did you were you looking at this as you were approaching retirement? I think I was looking at this as I was getting close to retirement. Um, my mother told me that she knew somebody who went out and worked in Yellowstone, you know, during the summer. So that kind of, you know, caught, you know, the wheels turning there and, you know, I was very interested in that. And then like anything that you don't, you want to know more information, you got to Google it. So I um, was home. I Googled, um, you know, working in Yellowstone and that's where I found um, jobs that were listed and I applied. Um, for them. I had an interview. They offered me the job. Once they offered me the job, that's when I turned in my retirement. And that's when the fun started. That's great. I love hearing that because you hear stories of people retiring and what am I going to do now that I'm retiring? Now it sounds like with you, it's you have a lot to do now that you're retired uh, and it's not all work and no play. It sounds like a combination. Uh, you started out your first job with the National Park Service was at Yellowstone. Now you worked there, but can you share with us what was it like working there? Did you get to enjoy the park? Um, yes, I mean their motto there is because I worked for the concessionary um, is to work hard, play hard. Um, so I was in Yellowstone for six and a half months. I was there from like the middle of April to the beginning of November, and just like every other job you had a five-day work week so you always had a two-day weekend there and so on those weekends there is a great time to explore so what did you get to see while you were at Yellowstone I've never been out there and I know for a lot of people it's on their bucket list what did you find interesting about Yellowstone um for me I just love the wildlife out there um, I was in Mammoth, which is one of the locations there, which is five miles from the north entrance. And elk were always in Mammoth. So just kind of neat to look out your window. And there was always elk. And for me, being there for six and a half months, it was kind of neat to see the different seasons you know where you saw in the spring you saw the elk um having their babies and stuff and then coming to fall is when the rut started so to see you know the big boys coming into town 
and stuff that was, you know, kind of neat. And Yellowstone, there's just so much to see. It seems like every corner you turn, there's something different, you know, there. Yeah, do you get a, get to a point like by default by saying, "Well, there's another elk," or does it just seem interesting and new every time you? you, you I see mean, it? It, it, it for me it was just, it was always interesting, you know, because just because of the seasons were you know changed, and like towards you know September October, it was kind of neat because it was the rut. So then you started to see like the fighting going on between the males, um, which was kind of neat. Yeah, my my reading has told me that yeah, Yellowstone gives you that experience that you're there's just not like that possibility you might see an elk. You're you're likely to. And to see them right out there in their natural environment has to be a bit uh, amazing, right? To stand right there and see it in front of you. Correct. I mean, I know there was one day I was, you know, on my way to work. And this was in the springtime when they were having their babies. And um, it seems like every time I tried to make a turn, there was an elk. So I kept, you know, trying to go in a different direction. And then once again, I keep running into elk. It seems like I went in, I went out the front day, door. I ended up coming in the back door of the dorm. I could not get to work because every turn there was another elk. Wow. How about buffalo? Did you get to see any buffalo while you were at Yellowstone? Oh, it was in multi um, bison jams um, out there. In the springtime in Mammoth, the, um, the bison were there right in Mammoth, you know. But um, by late spring, early summer, they had gone down to Lamar Valley, so they weren't in the Mammoth area. But once you, you know, went down there, um, you know, you could see them. I know the very first time I went on a hike, I um, I was hiking with two of my friends there. And, you know, we were all new to the um, working in Yellowstone, and we were hiking on a trail and the next thing you know there's a bison right in the middle of our trail and it's like oh no what do we do um but we just you know took it very wide and continued on our way we had no problems and but it was a little scary to see it on your very first hike yeah i can imagine being out there just kind of moseying down a trail and then there's this huge animal right out there uh in the wild, right? Because you've seen pictures of them. Unless you've grew up out there, you've only seen the pictures of them. You don't you know, to actually see one right in front of you that close. Yeah, it's got to set you back a little bit on your heels and at least startle you a little bit. Yeah, correct. Like I said, it was our very first hike, um, and yeah, like I said, there it was, right in the middle of our trail. How about some of the other animals that frequent the Yellowstone area, like wolves? Uh, they've um, made a, over the last couple of decades, they've made a big comeback in that area. Correct. I mean, I did see some wolves, but most of the wolves that I did see were way off in the distance. I basically had to look through a scope to see them. You know, they were way out in the distance. Um, but we did see, I mean, I did see pronghorn. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. The, um, we saw bighorn sheep. 
there um, when I was in Yellowstone. I'm trying to think. Oh, I saw a marmot, um, ground squirrels. I think that's about most of what I saw there. I saw bears. I saw both grizzly and bears. Um, I actually did get to see a grizzly without having to use my binoculars. That you know, when it started getting closer, I knew that was the time to get in the car. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to challenge a grizzly bear. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, they. I mean, they have the rangers have posted. You know what they recommend. You know, twenty five um, yards to stay away from like an elk or a bison. Um, a hundred yards to stay away from like bears and wolves. And, you know, you should obey those signs. I'll tell you that. I know the Park Service goes to great length in all, all of their areas to protect people, to put up the warning signs. But uh, people are going to be people and they're going to think they know better or they can keep themselves safe. Did you know of any stories where people maybe pushed the limits a little bit and not necessarily got hurt, but maybe even got in a little bit of trouble with the Park Service? Um. Well, I know... Um, they, they always had a, you know, signs posted and stuff. And even um, as working there, you know, if I saw somebody too close, you know, trying to take a picture or whatever, you know, you, I would always say to them, you know, please back away. You know, some of them would give you dirty looks and it's like, okay, I'm only trying to help you here um, and stuff. Right, um, they don't realize this is this isn't your pet dog. This isn't somebody's pet. It's a wild animal, and at any time, it could harm you. Right? It could be threatened by you and hurt you. It, it, exactly. That's that's the, the part that they forget, that these are wild animals. And um, so, you know, they don't think of that. They're like, oh, they're always here. You know, they're nice. And it's like, no, they're not. They're a wild animal um, and stuff. Now, working the concession there, you must have met people – from all over the world. That that must have been interesting in itself, the whole idea of meeting all these people. You know, it's, it's such an attraction. As I said, people come from all over the world to see it. Correct. Um, when I worked um, at Yellowstone, we, I worked, I had more contact that year. My job was working more with employees. I had very little guest contact. Um, and we had, like you said, you meet people all over the world. It was a, when I worked in Yellowstone, it was 2018, so it was a full summer. And we had what they called J1s, in which there's the international employees. So they have a lot of international employees, you know, a lot of international people coming over, working in the national parks um, and stuff. So, yeah, so I've met people all over the world. And, I mean, and, too, just working there, you meet people like myself who are retired you meet college students, you meet people who maybe haven't quite decided what they want to do. So they're working seasonal jobs. Um, just the, the people that you meet, it's, it's very interesting. Now, you spent some time at Mount Rushmore. Um, correct, I correct. This past um, to summer, summer 2020, I worked at Mount Rushmore. Um, that was a little different than 2019. I worked in the gift shop when I worked at Mount Rushmore. So I had contact with guests all the time. 
which was kind of neat. And where they had me stationed, um, I could, it gave me more time to talk to the guests. So I was always talking to them, finding out where they were from, where they were going, um, and giving them suggestions of what to see, why they were here. I even had people who were like, oh, we're going to Yellowstone next. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me, let me tell you some things you should see and stuff. So that was, I really enjoyed that part of talking to the guests and, you know, like I said, seeing where they're going, where they're from. You know, we think of Mount Rushmore, the first thing that pops into our head is the sculpture and, the, and the, you know, into the mountain there, right? We Every child in this country, anyone who's gone through school in the United States has seen at least pictures in their textbooks of Mount Rushmore. What else is there to do when you arrive at Mount Rushmore? Are there other interesting features or activities people could check out? Well, um, at Mount Rushmore, there are there is a um, hikes right around at at Mount Rushmore itself, and then the area around um, the Black Hills area. There is so much to see out there. Um, for me, the um, Badlands National Park was only an hour and a half away, so I went there multi times on my weekends. Um, Custer State Park is, I think, within a half hour of Mount Rushmore. There's a lot of hiking to do um, in the Black Hills area. Um, there's um, Deadwood is there. Um, Sturgis is, was very, very close to um, Mount Rushmore. So I did see a lot of motorcyclists <laughs> this summer. Um, but yeah, there's just so much in that Black Hills area to do. What would you, what would you point as the biggest differences environmentally wise, um, between the Black Hills and the Yellowstone region? Well, for me, I, I mean, I liked Yellowstone just because my dorm, I lived in the dorms, so I'm living right in the park. It's like I could look out my window and see everything. Where in when I worked at um, at Mount Rushmore, it was always I had to, even though my dorm was only like a mile from the memorial, I always had to like drive to go to where I wanted to see different things. Um, so I enjoyed that part of being right in the park um and stuff so that's what I, you know but each place is special each place has their advantages and disadvantages of things to do there it sounds like yellowstone your playground was your backyard right you opened correct. up your door and, and it was right there for you correct and and um being at mount rushmore I kind of missed Yellowstone. So on one of my weekends, I went there <laughs> to visit. All right. So do you have any plans for 2021, a new national park or returning to Yellowstone or Mount Rushmore? I do. I have two, currently I have two job offers. Um, for summer 2021, I plan on working in Glacier National Park. I'm going to be in Many Glacier. And then for the fall of um, 2021, I'm heading back 
to Yellowstone. This time I'll be working in Snow Lodge, which is in the Old Faithful area. It sounds like you, uh, you're growing, you're, you're developing a love affair with Yellowstone. And as you're going back again and you visited it last year, it sounds like it must be a really special place. Correct. Like I said, there's so much to see in Yellowstone. Um, and it seems like, you know, if you're driving on the road, every time you go around a curve, there's something new, you know, to see the scenery is different. Um, you know, just from the wildlife to the, um, to the, the, well, they call it um, the Yellowstone, the um, Grand Canyon of Yellowstone is there um, in Canyon. Uh, to the germ, the, to the features like the um, Old Faithful and, and stuff, the springs, you know, just something, you know, different any place you go. So when you accept employment, this is seasonal employment, I'm assuming, right? They hire Correct. you to maybe work the summer or from spring till fall. How would someone go about looking for these opportunities? Would they just go to the National Park website or would they go to eat, go to the uh, park that they're interested in you know, specifically? Um, how I found um, my first job was I went to coolworks.com and that has a lot of different seasonal jobs listed there. Um, for the last two years, I have worked for Zantera. So now I go right to their um, website, which is Zantera.com, and look at the different jobs that they have posted. Zantera runs a concession at about, I don't know, five to eight different parks. So I'm always, you know, I look at theirs to see what they have um, listed and I apply. But there's so many different companies. You know, the best one is, you know, check, check out coolworks.com. Because it sounds like somebody could live somewhat of a nomadic lifestyle doing this, right? You could all four seasons find yourself employment and going to interesting places constantly moving and never getting bored. Correct. You know, there's so many different, you know, seasonal jobs. You know, one of these years I keep saying to myself, I need to apply to Yellowstone to work there during the winter. Um, But yeah, I mean, you could go um, from seasonal job to seasonal job. Um, I met a couple this past summer that they decided they didn't want to do corporate world anymore. So they sold everything got an art got an rv and they go from seasonal job to seasonal job this sounds like just such a great opportunity to to see the country uh and and, and a unique way to do so do you have any advice for anyone who's considering doing this whether they're a retiree or somebody that maybe works maybe what they now call digital nomads now in, in the in the uh era of COVID, more people are working from home and they have that ability, that latitude to grab the laptop, go in a car and, and live in different locations. Do you have any advice or tips for people that may be considering or want to consider this type of lifestyle? You know, you know, how I look at it is why not try it? It's a seasonal job. Um, there's a starting and there's an ending date. If you don't like it, you go on to something new. Um, I know at Yellowstone, going back to there, they have a program called Helping Hands, and that runs for five weeks in the summer and five weeks in the fall. And all you have to do is work 20 hours a week. 
and um, the rest of your time is you get to explore the park. Um, it's a nice way to say if someone says, well, I want to try this, but I don't want to commit myself the whole season. Well, here it's only five weeks doing 20 hours a week. You could, you know, try this and say, oh, I like this. I want to do something a little bit longer next time. You know, it's a great way to get your feet wet. Well, Anne, I want to thank you for giving up your time to, to share all this with us, these unique experiences and, and opportunities, because because I see this as more than an experience. I see this for a lot of people as an opportunity. Uh, so thank you for coming on and sharing that with us. Um, and you have a great night. Uh, everybody out there, please be safe and enjoy the outdoors. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at papabearhikes at gmail.com or check us out at papabearhikes01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.